just acknowledging that God as the creator has given us gifts to image him in our creativity. That gives us kind of a mandate, especially as Christian creatives, to excel at our work without finding our worth in that work. You're listening to Manual Focus, a monthly podcast where we talk to a Christian creative and we learn a lesson that God has taught them. I'm Alicia Cologne, paper illustrator and photographer, and your host. All right, I'm really excited today. I have Dan Lee of Dan Drawn Words, and he is going to talk to us about something. But first, Dan, thank you so much for joining us on Manual Focus. Alicia, the pleasure is all mine. Oh, you're such a gentleman. I love it. Well, I try. (laughs) All right, Dan. I hear you have a lesson. I hear you have a story, you know, a little something, something that you want to teach us that God has taught you. I sure do. Um, I think it's it's tricky to put it into a very simple phrase, but I think the gist of it, it'll have to do with with humility and the image of God and what that means, particularly, I think, for us as creatives or uh, people who make things, people who enjoy art, people who enjoy beauty. And all the struggles, I think, that come with that. So, obviously, not not super concise there, but I think that kind of captures it. Yeah, but super resonating. Because, I mean, already, you know, I asked earlier this week, like, hey, you know, do you have an idea of your Mm -hmm. lesson? And and it's kind of crazy because I was reading a book exactly on that particular message that you're going to hone in on today. Yeah, and so it's just something that's very top of mind for me. So I'm really excited to learn along with our audience what you're going to teach us. I think one of the things that I want to start with first is talking about humility and the concept of humility. And I think that'll provide a nice segue into uh, the rest of it. Um, I think as an artist, or as artists, right, we tend to have this idea of humility as downplaying your accomplishments or downplaying if something like let's say somebody praises you right someone says oh my gosh that is the best thing I've ever seen there's a part of you that that immediately you're like well I got to be humble no no this is crap no this is terrible or you know maybe you don't even go to as far as to do that but sometimes you might think that too or you're just like ah yeah whatever and there's a downplaying that can happen because we're again we're, we're told like stay humble, you got to stay humble. Um, and obviously, arrogance on the other side, that is not what we are advocating here. But I think, um, I think C.S. Lewis and Charles Spurgeon said it best. Um, I think C.S. Lewis had said, humility is not thinking less of ourselves. It's thinking of ourselves less. Mm. And something that I think Charles Spurgeon had said, I'm actually going to try to pull up this quote <clears throat> this is my Charles Spurgeon voice. I'm ready for it. No, let us briefly... I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fail immediately. Uh, he says, now let us briefly inquire in the first place. What is humility? The best definition I have ever met with is to think rightly of ourselves. Humility is to make a right estimate of mm. oneself. So take those two together, right? C.S. Lewis and Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And when you do think of yourself, you're thinking of yourself correctly. Mm. And I think that's so important because it means that we have, like, if you think of humility in that way, there's a way to be humble 
while also being able to acknowledge if something that you've done, something that you've made is actually very good or, or at least objectively pretty good, you know, and it doesn't, there's not this need to, in the interest of not being proud, there's no need to downplay unnecessarily your accomplishments or to take yourself down a notch because you're afraid, okay, everyone's going to think that I'm super conceited because I've acknowledged that something is pretty good. Um, and obviously like if something is good too, but you know, it could be better, Mm -hmm. there's room for that in humility, I think. And that's where our, our typical understanding of humility really makes sense. You're like, okay, thank you for telling me that this is good. I know that I have a taste, like according to my taste, the standard is higher and I'm working to get it there. Yeah. But, you know. At the same time, it doesn't come at the cost of lying about it in order to try to save face. You don't have to be like, well, no, this really sucks, and you're wrong, because this could be so much better. Uh, And that, that, I think that in the end serves nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, It sounds like you have a lot of personal experience with this. (laughs) Do I? (laughs) Like, um... So, like, you know, before we started rolling tape, if you will, quote-unquote tape, um, you were mentioning how, like, you used to draw. You know what I mean? Like, back mm-hmm. in, like, high school. Yeah. Like, you know, you used to draw a lot. And, um, and and even though, like, from a college perspective, that's not necessarily where you went, right, but right. it is where you are now. And you said, like, people would tell you that, like, your work was good then. Oh, yeah. You know, like, is um, – is this one of those struggles that like you you've always seen that you've had? The the struggle with humility in general, I think yeah. definitely. Uh, like both in the theological sense, where you know if we think about ourselves rightly before God too, and where that positions mm-hmm. us. Uh, but seeing that kind of on a micro level with regards to art, especially, I think I feel like early on. I don't know if this is true for everybody, but. Alicia, you tell me if this is true for you. Like you, you learn early on that like you're somehow not supposed to be really proud of your work. You know, like on one hand you are, maybe, maybe it goes in a cycle. Like you're young and then like your parents and your friends are telling you like, this is so good. This is great. And it propels you. You're like, yeah, yeah. I'm amazing. I can draw this and I'm five years old. And then at, <laughs> at some point, right, you start realizing like, oh my goodness, what if everyone's just saying that? because like they're supposed to and they're my friends and then you get kind of scared about your work like I can't start thinking this is good because I see really good things and this doesn't look like that and now if anyone tells me that it's good maybe they're lying to me um and I wonder if I, I do think there are a lot of people who quit creating at that point which is really sad um But then those of us who make it through, right, I think that lingers with us and we're always kind of fighting this battle like, okay, are people telling me it's good because they have to do that or because they actually think so or the ulterior motives? Um, And then we start to internalize too, like, well, if I need to improve, uh, then that means that this is not good. Yeah. You know, like I I need, if I need to be better somehow, that means this is bad. Uh, And I think that, that's a struggle for me that I've had where it's, I need to, the, this starts to become almost an obsession. You're like, I need to get better because mm-hmm. I know that people are doing things that 
let's say level five and I'm still here at level two. And so I think there's one way where you start to learn to have to be objective about that. And I think I, I started realizing that, okay, I need to be objective. Level two is better than level one. Yeah. You know, I'm not at level five, but level two, level two is okay. Um, and then and that helps to fight against like the false humility of being like, no, this is crap. No, you guys don't know. No, stop it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but it's being appreciative of the hard work and the effort that you have sown into yeah. that talent, that, that skill oh, that God has sure. given you. And that is a good thing. Oh, and that, that, what you said right there, that's key. That's huge. And I think that's that's the point of why this is important. I find this to be important to me is um, at some point, I forget who told me and how I learned this, but I somewhere I picked up the idea that like if you when you're when you're not when you're downplaying unfairly this good thing that it should be good, you're not just you know, you're not just trying to save face and that it's not just bad that you're trying to save face and you're kind of lying. What's also bad and what's also not ideal there is that you're basically looking at these gifts that God has given you and the ability that he's given you to improve, you know, from level one to level two. And you're saying like, God, that's not good enough. You know, you're, you're, you're telling God like, uh, this is your gift, but like, it's not that gift. So it's worthless. And I think that our, our sin probably like wants us to do that often because, you know, any chance that our, in our fallenness that we can take glory away from God. Right. You know, it's, it's going to pounce on those opportunities. And so fighting that for myself, I think, like you said, that's been something I've seen over the years to be like, okay, when I look at this and I can think that it's good. I can do that because I can give the glory to God and I can thank him for the talents and for the opportunities to grow and to learn that have brought me to this point. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's no room there to say like, God, this, you, you know, you're not good enough to me. Like, (laughs) because I'm not there yet, clearly your gifts and, and your, you know, what you've given me to steward and to use, um, has been insufficient. So yeah. that's a really good point. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Like I wanted to bring that up and I, that's great. Yeah. That's really cool. Cause um, it reminds me of um, Dex Alexander. So he spoke at creative by design and yeah. Yeah. yeah so great. And he, he was, he was kind of talking about um, the parable, of the talents, right? of how it's like you have a five-talent guy to, like, a three-talent guy. I can't remember right now, but it was, like, five, yeah, three, yeah. and one or something like that. And um, and he's like, you know, it's not about the money f- with his particular example. It's more about um, what you do with what you have, right? It, it's like, so God yes. has given you a talent um, to do whatever, like, as illustration or designer or hand letter or, like, what, whatever it is. And he's like, you know, what if a person who was a five was a one at one point? You know, or or the person who's a one, you know, is now a five because of hard work. You know, and and because it's all about God gives us, but then at the same time, we also have to do something with what he gives us. Exactly. You know, and so I, I love what you're saying is it's like being humble is 
pretty much the summation of being thankful to God that we have what we have, that we have, A, the ability and the opportunity and, and the potential and that we can continue to get better. Um, I super, I super love all of that. And it's definitely something that I've always have struggled with as well. Um, and so I don't know if you've ever heard of the book Mindset. I have not. I've been, Tell me about it. I've been talking about it so much lately. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, so there is a uh, – she's a re- researcher, psychologist, and she just recently uh, – not recently. This book has been out for a little bit. But anyway, she did some research, and she's like, there's two different mindsets. There's a growth mindset and there's a fixed mindset. And what happens is that as we grow up, our parents will say, oh, you're so talented, or oh, you're so smart, or oh, you're this, that, and the other, or coaches, or teachers, or whatever, and and they try to, like, pull these praises into you. Yeah. But what ends up happening is that if you fail that test, you're not smart. If you create crappy work, you're not talented. And so what ends up happening is this disconnect between, like, Mm. the praise and where a person has fallen short. And that's the fixed mindset. Whereas the alternative is to praise the activity. So instead of praising my daughter that like, oh, you're so smart, you got an A, I'm going to praise, oh, you worked really hard, Ah. you got an A. And then, so there's there's tons of research. It's, it's, It's insane. But the some of the symptoms of a fixed mindset person is that fear of failure. Because if they fail, mm-hmm. they won't be, they won't be that smart, or they won't be that creative. Um, another one is uh, pride, like mm-hmm. because if mm-hmm. they do do something correct, it's like, oh, look at me, I'm I'm amazing. Um, but then at the same time, it's also high anxiety because every single thing becomes a validation, an opportunity point. to just flop. Yep, exactly. And so, so people who have a fixed mindset generally struggle with depression, uh, mm-hmm. judgmental anxiety, whatever. And that, that was me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and generally speaking, they even say that people who, people who are naturally talented at something are actually the ones who, are, who struggle with fixed mindset. That's because what will happen crazy. is that they're able to like kind of you know, go through school or like whatever and hardly work on anything and they're getting the praises. But then eventually what happens is that all the other kids who don't have the natural gifts end up having to work their butt off Mm. and then pass them. And that's it. Anyway, so it's such a great book, but it reminds me of what you were talking about. I love that you brought that up because, you know, that that goes right into, you know, thinking about yourself rightly too. Like if if your worth, if your value is coming from I checked off these boxes with my behavior and everyone, you know, whether that's the messages of society, messages of society or the people around you or yourself, yeah. you're saying this is where my worth comes from. Um, and then once any of those external factors fall apart, you're just left wondering, who am I? Like, what, what am I worthless now? And I think that that's where the second part of what I was thinking about really comes into play, and that's the uh, imago dei, right? The image of God. And the way that I see that playing out is, I, I I learned coming into the design industry that there was a big 
gap, like in, in reading blogs and people posting on social media and meeting people and then seeing this in myself, there becomes this conflating, if you will, of your worth and your output. And, and this idea that your value is based on your talent, based on your skill and based on you can offer the world. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know exactly why that felt wrong, but I knew like there's, there, this doesn't, this doesn't seem right. Uh, and through, there was, I think our, our church did, did some teaching about this recently and it stuck with me. Um, the doctrine of being made in the image of God being the basis for us as humans to understand what dignity is and how that's sort of an incontrovertible quality mm-hmm. that we as humans share. So I think one of the most important things, especially as Christian creatives, mm-hmm. to remember is that the story in Genesis 1 of God creating the earth and creating everything uh, that is beautiful in it, which makes up a lot of our daily experience, you know, as we as we search out beauty as artists and designers and makers. We're, what we're all doing, I think, is trying to capture and trying to transfer our wonder at these different things to yeah. the world and to each other. Um, and, you know, f- for those of us who are saved, mm-hmm. the... the it being like an act of worship as well. Yeah. We are, we are praising you God for these good gifts that we've seen. And so Genesis one, it goes through all these things that he's making. It was good. It was good. And on this day it was good. And then he comes to creating man and woman in his image. And before he rests, he says it was very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that being the fact that we have in us this, this quality of, of being unique in creation because we are made in the image of God. Um, if we are to see ourselves rightly, that means we're seeing each other rightly as well. And we're seeing all of humanity as possessing this, this quality, kind of this spark of, of God's image. And so that should propel our love for, especially if we bring in the doctrine of sin to this and how the world has fallen Mm -hmm. and Christ comes into the picture because what he's come to do is to restore us to that perfect image, you know, and, and then believing that through faith in Christ, that's how we becoming his righteousness before God were restored to that image. And then we're pursuing, you know, being made more and more in the likeness of that image. Uh, and so I, as a Christian, we have this, we have to have this, um, this rooted belief in that, that our, our, our quality and our value is not something that comes from the things that we do, because at best we will mess up sometimes. And at worst, we have to realize that we're broken from the start. Like, and like, once you go there, if it becomes about what you do, then everything is imperfect. There's no hope. And, you know, everything is terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the other way around, we see there's hope for ourselves. We see that there is, there's this, this essence of, of God's nature and God's activity in us to be celebrated, to be respected and to be cultivated really. Um, And 
just acknowledging that God as the creator has given us gifts to image him in our creativity. That gives us kind of a mandate, especially as Christian creatives, to excel at our work without yeah. finding our worth in that work. And that's just, that has been something I think that's been on my heart for a while. Um, how do I do this more and more? How do I, how do I separate myself enough from my work so that it doesn't define me, but also lean into it because of what it represents about myself being made in the nature, in the image of God. So yeah. I feel like that's really important. It. That is so beautiful, Dan. Like that is, it's, it's like we don't create to get our worth. It's because yes. of our worth we create. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that is it, so beautiful. It sort of grows out of and flows from this gift that God has given us by creating us to be who we are. And I think and that should, that should drive us to want to know him more because I think that that then informs how we create. You know, he's a God of order, a God of excellence, a God of love and of mercy and all these different qualities that I think we have such an opportunity to tap into these truths with our work in a way that really will speak to the world you know, mm -hmm. bring, bring some of this, this be the beauty of these things out into the world. So yeah. just the responsibility that that gives to the Christian artist is pretty spectacular. But on top of that responsibility, I think the peace that it can provide, because again, it's not just like, okay, well now you have a mandate, go do this. It's this idea that God has also given us everything that we need to do it. Yeah. And that, even if we're like growing, we're failing, we're building it up, that's not where our worth lies. And at the end of the day, that's not what he looks at to say that he loves us. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love that. I have, um, gosh, I feel like I have like two different directions that I could go in and it's like, I'm, like it's like a toss up. Um, <laughs> nice. As to like which one I'm going to do. But so it's because we, because we are loved and because, you know, he put his worthiness on us. You know what I mean? It's not like in and of us, in and of ourselves, you know, we, we deserve that grace is that he placed that grace upon us. And that is why that motivates us to, right. you know, just to follow him and to, and to wholly surrender and uh, end up glorifying him and all that stuff. But it's like, then how do we use our talents to then impact the world? Like, how would you say that? Do you see what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So you, I, I guess the thing that like kind of drew me to you at the beginning was, well, A, you're an amazing hand letterer. And it was like, it, it's pretty evident by well, uh, the different styles that you do. It's just absolutely insane. I know some people who like, they, they just do one style and they do that one style really, really good. And here's like Dan Lee, who's like, I can do them all. It's amazing. Um, and they all look you're really, really kind. good. You're too kind. But, but thank um, you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Good. You received it. See, you're doing exactly what. <laughs> I got to practice what I preach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that, so that, of course, drew me in. But what, what made me, like, stick around and, and try to figure out who you were was the fact that you would, you would hand letter verses. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and like there was a boldness there um, that I didn't necessarily see a lot of creatives have within our industry. Mm-hmm. And it's like I knew that there were a lot of Christian creatives out there, specifically in the design industry, you know, um, but you kind of wore yours on the sleeve. So, and I was, that is very encouraging and inspiring for yeah. me. Um, so, was that intentional? Like, what was, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. And honestly, it is something that I've thought about, maybe had some struggles with, uh, is how do you present? Well, it it really started becoming a question when the follow number started to tick up, which to this day, I still cannot tell you the formula. I'm sorry, anyone who ever wants to know that from me, because I, I, I have no answer for it. I honestly, I was not setting out to create a massive following, yeah. if you will. And I certainly don't have one now. So I'm also not saying that I have a massive following. <laughs> but the... I um, mean, 42 point whatever is is massive to a lot of people, including myself. Yeah. I think so. it's, a, it's a good number. So yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to downplay that. Okay. <laughs> Objectively, that is large. You're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it wasn't something I was definitely going for. Maybe... Maybe, guys, maybe that's the trick. Maybe you just don't care and put out great work. But I don't know. Maybe. Because there's some people who put out amazing stuff and those numbers aren't going up. And I'll just say I was probably very lucky. And uh, everyone who is, you know, sees himself as, you know, not up there with the numbers, just I would say keep doing what you're doing because the right people will notice and then that will be more important than having a lot of people. So, Mm -hmm. but that, all that aside, uh, that's to say I started posting my lettering because I really enjoyed it. And I think as an artist, and again, I think you'll resonate with this, Alicia, like just that weird drive to like show the world what you're doing. It's like, we don't, we're kind of like mini lights and we can't hide that. That Mm -hmm. we're like, well, I have to shine. People need to. I don't know, I need to tell everyone something or show them something. Like, I thought this was really cool. And for whatever reason, I need everyone to look at it. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, that kind of, I'm like, ah, I like this. I'll show people. So I started doing that with Instagram. And then, so this following, the numbers start going up. And then I started to think, like, you know, before that, versus if it was a, a phrase I liked or a Bible verse or something, Mm-hmm. no second thoughts really because I'm like I'm just really doing this for myself and if people like it they like it and as the numbers go up and I start interacting with people you know who aren't necessarily of faith either mm-hmm. I start wondering okay what does it everything that I'm doing now has more meaning and more purpose to it yeah you know not not inherently like this verse now means more yeah. but what I'm choosing to put in front of an audience is now saying something about me and I'm saying something to more people. Mm-hmm. And with the size of an audience, those considerations, I think, need to change. Um, and it, it was very, it was easy for me to think like, oh, well, I, maybe I should do less outspoken Christian things because maybe it'll alienate people who aren't believers. Um, and then I, I sort of came to this realization that... Um, I needed to have integrity and at the same time, like wisdom, 
not that the two are, are against each other, but certainly I think there can be, there are certainly parts of our faith mm-hmm. that are, while they are true, are, you know, more controversial or harder to explain in the context of an online setting, you know, and like to do some, like a flippant, uh, piece about something really charged or to just, even if it wasn't flippant, even if it was very meaningful, but unable to capture some of those nuances. Yeah. I started thinking maybe this isn't the platform for that. Yeah. But I don't want this, this concern about the platform to deter me from, you know, from, uh, from expressing who I am Mm -hmm. and what is meaningful to me and who God has made me to be and what he wants me to do. So it became this idea for me of, I'm going to keep doing this as much as possible. I will post theologian quotes and I will post verses and I'll try to provide enough context in a way that intrigues and connects and ultimately knowing that like the gospel goes forth through like the power of, of truth through the Holy Spirit. Um, and I can pray for that and I can certainly encourage discussions with myself about that, but yeah. certainly like, let's open the door enough that everyone knows and, and, and not so much either that it's like, everyone needs to know this. And like, if you don't like this, go away. But this is part, this is part of who I am. This is an integral part of yeah. who I am. Um, but let's not pretend that the Christian experience is limited only to posting Bible verses online. (laughs) Like, you know, there are, there are great quotes that resonate with people from all sources of the world. There are fun things to explore. And so it's, you know, for me, it's this balance. It's, it's how do I make sure that I'm not ever shying away from, yes, this is who I, this is who I am and what I believe in, Mm -hmm. but also like, how do I encompass a more holistic theology that allows for me as an artist to move past just explicitly Christian art? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I love that. Cause I, I remember I was, um, Oh my gosh, there's two things I want to say. So I remember, uh, I was at graphic design school and there's this guy who walked in. It was like the first, we just got done uh, with the portfolio review you know what I mean? Like a hundred people try to get into 15 spots and then you show up for that yeah. first class and you're wondering who the other 14 person, you know, people were. Oh, and, I didn't uh, miss anything apparently. Oh man. It, so, anyway, <laughs> so, so the guy comes up, the guy comes up and something about me is like markedly Christian. I have no idea what it was that he knew. And he was like, you, you listen to Chris Tomlin, don't you? You know what I mean? Is it your John 316 tattoo on your forehead? I, I guess <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, in the WWJD bracelet on, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it was, but he was like, um, <laughs> so anyway, he he's like, I I am a, he's like, I am a band, because he did, he he's crazy, he works at BuzzFeed now uh, as a designer, he's oh, like super talented. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of, he's like, anyway, one of the people, one of the few that I actually like kind of somewhat keep in touch with, but he, um. He's like, I am a band designer that happens to be Christian, not a Christian band designer. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. uh, so he was the first one because I was very early in the faith in college um, and not growing up in the faith whatsoever. So he was the first one who kind of introduced me to this like 
it's not it's not either or. Yeah. It's, you yeah, know what I mean? Totally. Like so so I love how you said that because it it kind of it resonates on that level for me. Oh, I'm glad. I would love for all of us as Christian creatives to just lean into both sides of that definition. To to grow your talents and to appreciate and to thank God for the gifts he's given you is is a good thing. And I think more people need to to capture that, I think. I, I know I certainly do. So maybe it's just something that we all need to keep thinking about. Yeah, and I get that goes, that circles all the way back to the beginning thesis, which is like, you know, in in that humility, in, in knowing it's in our right standing of God and thinking about our less, it allows our art then, our creativity to be Godward instead mm-hmm. of self-centered. Because if it's self-centered at that point, our art is only about making us feel better about ourselves or making us more money or making us more popular, right. you know, which all of those things will end in a great flood of tears because it'll, it'll, it'll never be popular enough. It'll never make more oh, enough money, amen. you know, all of that. So, but as, as long as we look at our creativity from the stance of thankfulness and, and that he has given it to us, and then at that point we can be Godward with right. our heart. I love that, Dan. That's so good. That's so good. Dude, thank you so much for coming on Manual Focus and sharing this with us. I know I have definitely been impacted, and I know there are going to be several that are impacted as well. Do you um, do you have any way that you would like them to contact you if there's if anybody would like to go a little bit further down this hole? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really hole, but talk to you about. <laughs> I think email is probably the best way. Because then I can look at it and know that I have to respond. As yeah. opposed to getting lost in any of the other ones. I think <laughs> with my bandwidth as a person, I have learned to deal with email much better than any others. So shoot me an email. Um, I don't know if I have that posted anywhere. So I could just tell you what it is. And okay. It's one of those emails that you you know, you know made a while back. And it's oh, you I didn't realize read. how many times in life you would have to repeat it verbally. So it's a little, it's, uh, <laughs> okay. So I'll put it on the website. So therefore people can just like, Oh, perfect. Thank hit you. it there. <laughs> You're well, I was hoping that it was going to be something you made in middle school. That was like, Dan, <laughs> Lee skate forever life. Dan, I can tell you on behalf of all those that will listen to this, that this episode has definitely encouraged them. Bentley has given me a, um, a deeper appreciation for the creativity that I have and a deeper responsibility for it as well. So thank you so much for sharing today. And thank you to you guys for investing in manual focus by your shares and your reviews and your ratings. All of that really helps me to continue to push this forward and to broaden the reach. Till next time, stay focused.